your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, March 18th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you as always. You know you can find me on Twitter, as many of you do, at your boy Q254. Do want to tell you that today's episode is being brought to you by rockauto.com. Great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need at rockauto.com. Make sure you let them know that Locked On Raiders podcast sent you and they know I'm doing my job. I'll tell you all about rockauto.com a little bit later on in the show. Coming up on the show, and boy, do we have a big, big show got a lot to get to on the show coming up in segment number three your calls and text straight off that locked on raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 segment number two gonna talk about the defense because the raiders are creating slowly but surely and quietly not really quietly but just kind of uh, on the cheap they're creating a very very deep defensive line and they're gonna create a lot of competition and i feel like they're gonna have a very deep rotation as far as that defensive line goes which i think will help them keep stay fresh and be able to generate more of a pass rush, which again, they're going to need to generate a pass rush. Gus Bradley is not a guy who he likes to, he doesn't blitz very often. He wants to get home with the front four. So these guys are going to have a lot of work. But after some of the additions that have been made so far in the free agency and a lot on Wednesday, they have a deeper, a much deeper rotation. We'll talk all things about that coming up in segment number two. Here is segment number one, just all the news and the notes of the day. And please believe there is a ton to get to. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. The Raiders on Wednesday were doing doing a lot of moving and shaking when it came to keeping their own, signing their own, trading some guys. And let's go ahead and start with some of the guys that were traded. Rodney Hudson, center Rodney Hudson, a guy that there was a lot of conversation about on Wednesday when the report came out that he was going to be released. Well, instead, the Raiders decided not to release him, and they traded him to the Arizona Cardinals. They traded Rodney Hudson plus a seventh-round pick in the 2020 draft, 2021 draft, excuse me, for Arizona Cardinals third round pick in 2021. So the Raiders are still going to take on $12.1 million in dead money with the trade, but they actually get something for Hudson that was already on his way out the door. Instead of releasing him outright, they go ahead and get something in return. And a third round pick is pretty stinking good. So I'll take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Still wish that Rodney Hudson was going to stick around because he's been the anchor. He's been very, very solid on that offensive line, but I get it. It's a business. He's getting older. And if you can get something out of it, so be it. Plus he didn't want to be there so cool at least you get something out of it instead of just flat out releasing them that was the issue flat out releasing them really didn't make any sense and clearly the Raiders didn't think it made any sense either they were able to get something out of them also Gabe Jackson a guy who's been reported to be released over the past few weeks well he ended up getting traded to the Seahawks for a fifth round pick in 2021 that frees up nine million dollars on the salary cap and that was kind of already anticipated it's been known that he wasn't going to be on the team in 2021 and instead of just flat out releasing him they trade him to the Seahawks for a fifth round pick so now the Raiders are up to seven total draft picks in the draft and uh, a lot of people hit me up and was like hold on can you kind of break it down for me well Paul Gutierrez from ESPN he actually broke it down and put it on his Twitter page so I definitely appreciate that but they have seven draft picks number 17 overall that's the first round number 48 overall that's the second round 79 that's for uh, Rodney Hudson. That's in the third round. Number 80, that's in the third round. Number 121, number 162, and number 167 for Jackson, for Gabe Jackson, number 167. So, uh, And that's the fifth round. So good stuff right there. Seven draft picks, 17, 48, 79, 80, 121, 162, 167 as of right now. So seven draft picks for the Raiders to try to 
booster this roster in the upcoming draft. The Raiders on Wednesday also decided that they were going to try to sign some of their own guys and keep some of their own guys in-house. Maybe they were listening to the podcast on Wednesday and say, you know what, that Q guy is right. Kind of went on a rant, but he's kind of right about returning the favor and bringing some of our guys back. So Denzel Good. Offensive lineman who was a jack of all trades for the Raiders in uh, 2020. He returns on a two-year deal worth about $8 million, about $3 million guaranteed. And I think that's good. He deserved to have a contract extension. I still don't think he should have ever hit free agency, but as neither here nor there, they return him. He's coming back. He'll be a player on that offensive line in 2021, which is a good thing. Richie Incognito, he returns to the squad on a one-year deal with just over about $2 million. So he was a guy that was released earlier in the offseason with the intentions, the full intentions of bringing him back and they did just that. He put out a post on Twitter saying, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm back. Guess who's back? So Richie Incognito at 38 years old, coming off an Achilles injury. He's back in the fold. So there you go. Now you kind of look at the offensive line, anticipate it, and look at Colton Miller at the left tackle position. You're assuming left guard will be Richie Incognito, center Andre James, right guard Denzel Good. Who knows who's going to be at the right tackle position, but you know you have Brandon Parker on, on the roster. I'm not a big Parker guy, but you know he's played the right tackle spot. You also have John Simpson, the fourth round pick out of Clemson a year ago. He's most likely going to play the guard position. Lesser Cotton is also a backup guy that they'll have. And then the draft is really, really deep at the tackle position. So the offensive line is starting to take shape just one day after it was all completely demolished and starting to look like the weakest link on the Raiders squad. But uh, getting Denzel Good and Richie Incognito back in the fold was a good thing for the Raiders. The team also came to terms with wide receiver Zay Jones. He returns on a one-year deal. He's now going into season three with the Raiders. Uh, he's a guy that's highly respected in the building. He's loved by quarterback Derek Carr. Uh, he's just kind of one of those team player guys. He's, he's not going to put up big numbers, not going to uh, have a lot of catches or a lot of yards or a bunch of touchdowns, but he's just one of those guys that, you know, is good for the team. So Zay Jones is back. Also defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins. He returns on a one-year deal, about $3.5 million guaranteed. He's going to be a guy that I talk more about in segment number two, but he just adds a little bit to that defensive line rotation. Linebacker Nicholas Morrow, I talked about him on Wednesday just real briefly that the Raiders were re-signing him, in fact, and they did and the numbers actually came out on a Wednesday. It's a one-year, $4.5 million guaranteed deal, so 2.25 at signing, 2.25 salary, 500000 playing time incentives. So uh, Nicholas Morrow, the linebacker who was actually the best playing linebacker that the Raiders had in, uh, in 2020. I mean, I think Nick Wachowski did a good job, but Nicholas Morrow he was able to create some turnovers he was able to, uh, you know, get to the quarterback a couple times. He played really well, and he's getting better and better. So he returns on a one-year deal, has a really big season. Then he's able to cash in or has an opportunity to be able to cash in. One guy that is not official if he's coming back or not, I'm not sure. But the only reason I bring this up is because the Raiders still need help at the safety position. Safety Eric Harris and his agent, Nicole Lynn, they both tweeted out eyeball emojis on a Wednesday night, later Wednesday night. And so I kind of have a feeling that they're about to announce a signing of him somewhere. And I'm not saying that he's signing with the Raiders, but I'm also not saying he's not signing with the Raiders because safety is still a need. So just kind of be on the lookout for that. Safety Eric Harris and his agent, they both kind of hinted at something on Twitter that, you know, I think an announcement of him signing somewhere was coming soon. And I would not be shocked if it was the Raiders because we all know that he is a Gruden guy. So that was all the in-house signings that happened on Wednesday, all the in-house moving and shaking as far as trades and signings go. How about a couple signings outside of the building? Wide receiver John Brown, he was announced early on Wednesday. He's coming over from the Bills, one-year, $3.75 million deal, worth up to $5.5 million. He's coming off an injury-plagued year. He only had 33 catches for 458 yards and three touchdowns in nine games. But, I mean, he's a, he's a deep threat guy. He's a speed guy. He is 30 years old. Uh, obviously, the Raiders lose Nelson 
Nelson Aguilar, he goes over to the Patriots. But Brown is a guy who's had really big production. I mean, a couple seasons ago, he had 72 catches for 1,060 yards and six touchdowns for the Bills. But again, he's on his fourth team since 2017. So, I mean, he's he's a smaller dude. He gets banged up. He is a speedster. So he'll be in the mix in the wide receiver room with Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs. Of course, Darren Waller is a tight end, but the Raiders treat him like wide receiver number one. He is that number one target. Zay Jones mentioned him before. And then you still got Keelan Doss and Marcel Amen on the practice squad. But, I mean, that's those guys, I don't really count those dudes. But still, the wide receiver room for the Raiders is pretty loaded after the signing of uh, John Brown on the one-year $3.75 million deal. Uh, defensive tackle Quentin Jefferson, he comes over from the Bills as well on a one-year $3.25 million deal. He's going to help boost that defensive line as well, that rotation that I'm going to talk about coming up in segment number two. He's got 10.5 career sacks, three passes defensed. Uh, he played in all 16 games for just the second time in his career in 2020. He had three sacks, including a strip sack of Derek Carr and the Bills' 30-23 to win week four. He's a young dude. It's only a one-year deal. Pretty hungry, so maybe you'll see the best out of him. And again, he helps bolster that defensive line that we'll talk about again in uh, segment number two. And then still, the Raiders didn't stop there. They went and got defensive tackle Solomon Thomas, the former number three overall pick in 2017. They put him on a one-year deal worth up to $5 million. That was the former 49er guy. And so again, uh, adding a lot of competition to that defensive line. Solomon Thomas is coming off a torn ACL. Uh, I reached out to a couple 49er fans uh, that I know and said, hey, what do you think about Solomon Thomas? They said, well, if he's using the proper rotation, he could be a good player, good run stuffer. He's not going to do a whole lot for the pass rush, but he can help out. And, you know, I know that he's almost been considered a bust, if not considered a bust, since he was the number three overall pick. But there is a place for him. And we'll talk about it more in segment number two when we talk about the defensive line and that rotation. But there's definitely a place for him. And there's something to be said about having a lot of bodies that they can keep rotating, as the 49ers did just a couple seasons ago when they were in the Super Bowl and lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. Had a lot of guys, a lot of former uh, top picks uh, on that defensive line getting after the quarterback regardless who it was getting there somebody was getting home so we'll talk all about that but the Raiders also added defensive tackle Solomon Thomas so they were very very active to say the least on uh, on Wednesday so again I guess they heard the show on Wednesday and were like man this Q guy he's angry let's go ahead and uh, make some moves so we can uh, get him back on our good side now they don't give a damn about me but either way you look at it they finally made some moves and I saw a lot of Raider Nation on Twitter a lot happier uh, Wednesday evening than they were early on Wednesday morning or even Tuesday Tuesday was all bad so uh, yeah it's a lot better as far as the the roster building process goes for the Raiders so that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day coming up in segment number two going to talk about the defensive line help and the rotations and all the guys that are now in the fold to be a part of the mix and the part of the rotation for the Raiders defensive line and how that can get better and better we'll talk about that in segment number two before we get into that though I do want to talk about a couple sponsors here on the Locked On Raiders podcast one rockauto.com. I've been talking about them for a long time. They're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com, check for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they've got everything. They've got everything from engine control parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. They even have new carpet if you need it. Doesn't matter if your car is a classic car, one you just pull out of the garage on like Sunday, or something that you drive every single day to work or school or wherever you're going. Everything you need is just a few easy clicks away, and it's delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com, the catalog is unique, super easy to navigate. You can quickly check all the parts available for your car. You choose the brand, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. That's right, the prices at RockAuto.com are always super low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Right now, all you got to do is go to rockauto.com, check out all the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, there's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? Just write Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that 
I sent you and I'm doing my job. Great selection, great low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need, all from rockauto.com. I also wanted to tell you about the Built Bar March Madness Challenge that continues on. Of course, I told you about Built Bar for a long time. Great taste in protein bar. Uh, it's 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. You can put them in the fridge like I do, or you can, you know, eat them right out the box, right out the cabinet. It don't matter. Uh, they're just good to go, you know. And again, they're 100% covered in chocolate. But right now, they're trying to see which one. Uh, everyone likes the most you know what is the best tasting built bar so they're having the march madness challenge and today's competition salted caramel is going up against cookie dough chunk in the sweetest 16 round with the winner moving on to the enticing eight to take on the winner of coconut versus white chocolate birthday cake that sounds intense doesn't it white chocolate birthday cake anyway that's for the next round but salted caramel versus cookie dough chunk in the sweetest 16 rounds so if you want to get your vote on builtbar.com or hit them up on twitter at bar underscore built and get your vote on and make sure you check back to see who's the winner and who is moving on again the enticing eight round is going to be the winner of coconut versus white chocolate birthday cake so we'll have to see who advances but if you're on BuiltBar.com and you just want to go ahead and buy some more Built Bars because you're, you're just out, well, you can do that as well. And make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15 so you can get 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Segment number two is up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about that Raiders defensive line. Because, again, the big elephant in the room, something we've been talking about all offseason long, is how do you improve the Raiders' defense. Gus Bradley, one of the biggest free agents that the Raiders have picked up already, new defensive coordinator, has a big, tall task in front of him, and that's how to get this defense to be a lot better than it was in 2020. Just be respectable. It doesn't have to be lights out. It doesn't have to be, you know, the 85 Bears. It doesn't have to be the Baltimore Ravens. It doesn't have to be, you know, those kind of historic great defenses. It just has to be middle of the pack. It's just got to be a lot better than it was in 2020 because it was horrendous in 2020. So the Raiders have started to make some moves and it's funny before all the free agency started matter of fact I think Monday show I said what I expect to see from the Raiders are a bunch of one-year and two-year deals and that's exactly what they're rolling out you know for the free agents that they've been able to bring in you saw a lot of one-year and two-year deals even Unique Ngakwe their big pickup so far is only a two-year deal but you know you see guys like uh uh, John Brown, one-year deal. Quentin Jefferson, one-year deal. Solomon Thomas, one-year deal. You know, and those are good. Those are good because these guys are still young. They still want to get paid. They're still hungry. Even in Gakwe, he's still hungry. He still wants that big-time payday. So I just want to pay attention to the defensive line and just kind of talk about how all the guys that are in the mix and, and included with the guys who are already in the mix, how they can kind of go together and how they work together and improve this defensive line. If that defensive line is improved, then all of a sudden your corners are improved. Your linebackers are improved. And by the way, the back end is improved. And the Raiders still need help at the safety position. Uh, even if they do bring Eric Harris back, I don't think that that's a, an upgrade. Uh, I think he's not a starter on most teams in the league. He just happens to be a starter with the Raiders. They still need to get somebody at that free safety position. But we'll just concentrate right now on the defensive line. Don't have to you don't have to build Rome in one night. You know what I mean? You just gotta you just gotta piece this thing together. So let's work on the defensive line. So Unique Ngakwe, they bring him in in a two year deal. And you know it's funny when when they brought him on, uh, I mentioned okay, yeah, he'll be on one end, Crosby be on the other end. But after thinking about it more, you know, both guys are suspect against the run. So you really don't want to have both of those dudes on the defensive line at the 
the same time because then you can't really your contain is not there and you've got to have contain so uh, guys can't rush rush all over you you know now you could bring unique and Crosby in at the same time on obvious passing downs third and long yeah then you could say okay hey just pin your ears back and get after the quarterback but for the most part I think you'll see Ngakwe and Crosby in a, in a heavy rotation and I actually think that that's going to benefit Crosby in a major way you saw him in 2020 with a lot more snaps he was really getting worn down I think he's right now at this stage of the game is better on a limited amount of snaps and I'm not saying that he's doesn't need to be in the game very much I'm saying just gotta know what his rotation should be and know when he needs to go out and get a breather because he is better when he's a lot fresher and so if you have unique Ngakwe and you have Max Crosby that are both guys that are capable of getting 10 to 12 sacks a season and I do think that they can get 10 to 12 and I know Ngakwe you know he averages about eight or nine a season but I still think with a nice heavy rotation they can average about you know 10 to 12 either way you look at it even if we just say 10 let's just say 10 that'll work so those guys are, are going to be able to just purely get after the quarterback now you have a guy on the edge or you can kick him on the inside. That's Cleve Furl. You know, he'll be on the field a lot. And he, you know what? He really excels against the run. Plus, he can get pressure on the quarterback. Is he going to put up a ton of sacks? No. Is he going to get, you know, 10 sacks a season? No. But if he can get, you know, four or five sacks a season, plus a lot of pressure, plus really thrive against the run, he's going to help out in a major way. So that's a guy that you could pencil in as he'll be on the field a lot, bar an injury. This is all bar an injury. Then you have Quentin Jefferson. Then you have Mo Hurst. Then you have Jonathan Hankins, Solomon Thomas, and David Irving. And I, I bunch all those guys together because I think you'll see a heavy, heavy rotation. And really, David Irving is my wild card. Not sure what the Raiders are going to get out of David Irving, not knowing how motivated he's going to be, not knowing what kind of shape he's going to be in. If he's in tip-top shape, if he dedicates himself to being just the best David Irving he could possibly be, then, oh, man, look out. Then the Raiders are really cooking with grease on that defensive line. But I'm just going to say he's a wild card. Whatever they get out of him is a bonus because, again, you can't just assume that he's going to be great because it, throughout the course of his career, he's chosen not to be. Solomon Thomas, I mentioned in segment number one, he's coming off a torn ACL. He's going to be a guy that gets a, a, against the run. He's going to be able to slow down the run uh, from the inside a lot more, but he's going to have to be in a heavy rotation. Jonathan Hankins, you see him wear down towards uh, the end of games when he's in there too much, so he's going to be a part of the rotation. Mo Hurst. He's a guy that's never taken that next step. He's a guy, even when the Raiders drafted him in the fifth round because of the heart issue, everyone thought, man, what a steal, what a steal, what a steal. Well, he hasn't proven to be that steal. You know, but I think that you'll see Quentin Jefferson and Mo Hurst really rotating a lot. And then you'll see Jonathan Hankins, who's been brought back on a one-year deal. You'll see him entered into the mix. And then, boom, you got Solomon Thomas as well. And I mentioned in reference to San Francisco 49ers from a couple years ago, remember all the dudes that they had on that defensive line? And everybody was capable of getting to the quarterback. They didn't all get 10, 12 sacks a season, but they were capable of getting to the quarterback. And I think that that's the biggest thing. If you can get these guys to really just buy in and dedicate to what they're supposed to be doing, what Gus Bradley and Rod Marinelli want them to do, then you have an opportunity. And again, you're not going to get a lot of blitzes from Gus Bradley. He just doesn't do that. He's going to say that I need my front four to get home. That's why you're going to need Unique Ngakwe, Max Crosby, Cleve Furl, Quentin Jefferson, Mo Hurst, Jonathan Hankins, Solomon Thomas, David Irving. That's why you're going to need all those guys because the fresher they are, the more you could just rotate them in and out, the better chance that they have in the fourth quarter. Like, for example, against the Kansas City Chiefs, that game in Las Vegas, I was there in the press box. You know, that last drive, they needed anyone the Raiders, that is, needed anybody to go and get some pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Just get somewhere near him. Make him a little uncomfortable. And even though he rolled out a little bit and moved here and there, he was never pressured. 
You know, so if the Raiders had some kind of rotation of a bunch of young, hungry guys that could just pin their ears back and get after the quarterback, boom, then they have an opportunity. Again, Ngakwe and Crosby, those are going to be the guys that really pin their ear back and get after the quarterback. Cleve Farrell, he's going to do a little bit of everything. He's going to stop the run, and he's going to get after the quarterback. Jefferson, you know, he's not a much of a run stuffer, but he still has an opportunity to get to the quarterback and plus be a disruptive force. Him and Mo Hurst, they can kind of combine and do the same thing. Like, Mo Hurst will have his moments, but it's never anything consistent. Hankins, same thing. Solomon Thomas, again, same thing. And David Irving is still my wild card. I mean, he just is. You just don't know exactly what he's going to bring to the table. Now, the Raiders still have Carl Nassib. They have him under contract. Matter of fact, his contract is guaranteed as of Friday. And then you have Arden Key. One of those two guys is not going to be there. I'm assuming it's going to be Arden Key. I, I, I just I don't understand why he'd still be on the roster. He just provides a whole lot of nothing. He misses more than he gets. He's young, he's athletic, he's quick, he's fast, but he just can't get home and he can't complete the sack. He's just, he, he misses more times than he doesn't. So I would assume that Arden Key's going to be gone. Uh, Carl Nassib, maybe they're going to look for a trade partner for him because he didn't really fit. But then again, maybe Rod Marinelli can, now that Paul Gunther's out of the way, maybe Rod Marinelli can, can use him in his favor. Maybe he can get out of the doghouse and actually provide something because when he's out there and he's on, he could be something. I mean, he actually has more production than Arden Key does, and he had a lot less snaps than Arden Key did, and he's still more productive. So I wouldn't mind seeing Carl Nassib added to the mix, but he's got to be able to be out there and be a solid part of that rotation and actually produce. So maybe Rob Marinelli can get him right. And then you have Kendall Vickers as well, and uh, he was re-signed. He's a decent rotational piece as well. So they've got some really good bodies. They don't have any superstars. You know, they don't have any guys that you just think are, are oh, man, they're defensive nightmares. You know, they're guys that are going to keep offensive coordinators and offensive line coaches up at night. But you still have a nice, healthy rotation. So it all starts there. Again, it's not the answer. It's not saying that the defense all of a sudden is going to be lights out. But, you know, it also, with all these rotation guys and all these guys that they were able to bring in on one- and two-year deals, it also gives them more options when they get into the draft. With the seven picks that they currently have, number 17 being the, the first-round pick, you know, they don't have to say, okay, got to go get an edge rusher. Don't have to go get a defensive line guy because the defensive line is not a deep draft. There's not a whole lot. That's something that Daniel Jeremiah mentioned in his uh, teleconference that he had with the media and also uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. He mentioned that as well. You know, the defensive line is not deep. So I think it just gives them more options now when it comes to, you know, the draft, who they go after because they do have a lot of pieces already in the mix. A lot of guys that are established and on one to two year deals so they're still hungry and I think they'll still go out there and perform in search of that big payday and oh by the way they're trying to win games at the same time coming up in segment number three your calls and text straight off that locked on raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 that is the number before we get into that though i do want to tell you about betonline.ag march madness is here baby that's right on friday everything really gets kicked off later on today there's going to be some play-in games but not worried about that man the real march madness really gets going on friday and that's something great that you can get your gamble on with your bet on with and betonline.ag is going to help you do it that's not all though i mean the nba hockey's going on uh baseball's right around the corner april 1st is going to kick off the baseball season ufc always has really good competitions and really good cards so you can get your gamble on with them as well betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts they can help you out in a major major way open up a free account today and when you do if you use the promo code locked on you're going to get a 50 percent welcome bonus just like that so if you put 100 in now say you put 200 in you're going to have 300 to play with whatever you put in you're going to get 50 percent of that on top 
top of your deposit so you can play with that. So betonline.ag, again, your online sportsbook experts. They always got you covered. If you're on social media, you can check them out at betonline underscore AG. Take advantage of all the best bonuses in the business. One more time for the folks in the back row. It is betonline.ag. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and text straight after that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Eddie in Portland. He's calling to talk about John Gruden 2.0 and how much confidence he has in the team right now. Here he is, Eddie in Portland. Thank you. It's Eddie in Portland. Um... You know, I'm I'm not really like nothing's really changed about my opinion of team or anything else that's going on with all these with these moves, cuts to the O line, trade of Hudson, the few pickups and everything. I don't know. I just I just feel like it's going to be another mediocre season, and I don't know. I I think this John Gruden experiment is going to not end well, and like. At my most pessimistic, my hope for this John Gruden era 2.0 is for Mark Davis to realize that, you know what, dad was right, and trade him again. So, you know, I think that would be fun at least, see John Gruden get traded again. But I doubt it's ever going to happen. All right, see ya. There he goes, Eddie in Portland right there. And look, I tell you, uh, John Gruden's not going to get traded. I'm sure he's not going to get traded at all. I don't think there's any chance of that. Uh, but I understand where you're coming from. And your assessment, I mean, it's fair. It's now been three complete seasons heading into season four, and there's no playoff appearance. You know, that's very fair. There's teams that we've seen. There's first-year coaches getting things turned around quick, fast, in a hurry, getting their teams to the playoffs. And that's what John Gruden was expected to do. You know, he tore it down when he returned in 2018. A lot of Raider Nation didn't like that, but he, he said he had a plan. Okay, fine. 2019 was supposed to build on that. It went from, you know, 4-12 and 12 to 7-9. and nine, And then, boom, year three, first year in Vegas, got to make the playoffs, right? And I know the circumstances were different in, in 2020 with COVID and everything. But, I mean, there's teams that had first-year head coaches that did really, really well. Look, Matt Rule in Carolina got five wins out of the Panthers his first year as an NFL head coach. You know, you look at what happened in Cleveland. Cleveland went to the playoffs. I mean, there's there's teams that, that won games and did really well and looked really good for their first-year head coaches. So what you have to say is fair, you know. I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit there and say that they're going to be a terrible or a mediocre team in 2021, and I'm not going to say that the moves that they're making so far that I really rolled out in segment one and two are going to be the answers to everything either. I mean, they've still got a lot of work, both him and Mike May. i got a lot of work to do this offseason to get this team where it needs to be. But, I mean, this team's got to show something. At some point, I talked about it on Wednesday show you know a lot of the fan base are are are, are following the team because they're in blind faith just assuming that the team's going to be good at some point and well they're not where they expect it to be and they're not where they should be yet so they got a lot of work to do so thank you so much for that call my man I appreciate you next up is a text from Reverend Raider he says hey Q Reverend Raider here again I got a couple questions and comments for you question one we know it's smarter to keep Mariota wait till there's no real market for him then cut him do we then resign him at a lower rate or let him kick rocks Question two, now that we have Unique Ngakwe, do we still pursue Melvin Ingram or get a second-tier guy like free agent Isaac Rochelle, de- defensive end from Chargers, or then move Farrell inside and use Crosby as a rotational player to maximize his pass rushing capabilities? My comments, on offense, we need a legit wide receiver like Juju or Will Fuller. Juju will cost 13 to 15 but in my opinion, worth it. Will Fuller is the better option and cheaper at 12- 10 to $12 million. We also should sign Long to shore up that guard spot we lost with Gabe Jackson. 
Real quick, on defense, Richard Sherman is a no-brainer alpha dog that we need in the locker room and secondary. Everything else can be found in the draft, and budget-free agent can fill roster spots, camp competition. Keep grinding, Q. Love what you're doing. By the way, everybody else I hear on podcasts, don't come close to the content you put out. Reverend Raider, out. Thank you so much for that text, my man. Thank you for the compliments on the show. I appreciate that. And, well, by now you know that Kyle Long is now a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. He left Las Vegas, went and visited the Chiefs, and he said as soon as he got there, he realizes that's the place that he wanted to be. So Kyle Long, son of Howie Long, son of Raider great Howie Long, is uh, now a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, the Raiders did bring back Denzel Good and Richie Incognito. Uh, they still need to fill that right tackle position. Who knows what they're going to do with that. Uh, I think that Unique Ngakwe is good. I think that, just like I said in segment number two, that uh, now Max Crosby could be a piece of a rotation, always keeping him fresh and and lets him maximize his pass rushing skills. And so he's not always getting worn out towards the end of the game. And I think both of those guys can do that. As far as Marcus Mariota concerned, um, I think that the longer they hold on to him, the better chance that they just can maybe restructure. Maybe he agrees to a restructure. I think he'd be a really good solid piece if they can keep him. This is my one thing. If they keep him, I'd like to see them use him. Even if he's not a starter, obviously, because Derek Carr is there, just use him. Use them in a package, man. Use them as something, you know. Use them and, and use them as a weapon, you know. I just, I just think that they, you can get more out of them than just standing on the sideline with with a clipboard in his hand. I think Farrell, you're going to see him a lot on the inside. You know, I do think that they could still look at a guy like a Melvin Ingram or, like you said, a uh, uh, Isaiah Rochelle uh, from the Chargers. Uh, I don't think that he's been signed yet. I don't think they're going to do anything with the wide receiver position now that John Brown is in the fold. Uh, I personally would have liked Juju. As a number two guy, you know, I don't think he's a number one wide receiver at all, but I think he's a damn good number two, and he's a bigger body. He's more sturdy than, than Brown is, but he wasn't going to come in at the at the price that they they paid John Brown. Brown, I mean, really came in on pennies. So, you know, Juju, he's, his, his market still hasn't really got boosted up yet. So uh, I don't think that the Raiders have any plans at any more wide receivers. They got plenty in the fold right now. So uh, I guess the last guy that you asked about was Richard Sherman. Yeah, he is no doubt a, a no-brainer alpha dog. He's representing himself. So I'm sure he's going to go out there and talk to as many teams as he needs to and uh, get the best deal for him. He's a smart dude, so he's going to figure it out. Uh, maybe he'll be a guy that in the next wave of free agency, the Raiders are able to bring into the mix because he has that familiarity with Gus Bradley. So uh, a lot of good stuff to unpack in that text. Definitely appreciate you. But I think that's where they are right now as far as uh, the roster building goes. So thank you again for that text. Appreciate it. Next up is a call from Big Mike in Oregon. He's calling in and is really looking for an explanation on why the team would move on from Rodney Hudson. This was actually prior to finding out that Rodney Hudson was being traded for a third round pick. But here he is anyway, Big Mike in Oregon. Hey, Q. What's up, man? Big Mike here uh, in Oregon. I just got the news about Rodney Hudson. Bro, you you got to make sense of this, man. I know you're probably getting blown up right now, but you got to explain it to us tomorrow. I don't understand this. Why would you cut our best player on the team? <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. They must have something planned. They better have something big planned. This is You make us happy one day. And then tear it up the next. Uh, I, anyway, Q, I'm sorry, man. I had to, had to call you and say something. This is crazy. Uh, <laughs> try to explain it to us, man. Love you, man. You do what you're doing. Greater Nation, baby. Just win. There he goes. That's Big Mike. And I love the fact that he was just laughing because, I mean, that was just natural, raw reaction. Just what in the world is going on? And, look, I couldn't make a whole lot of sense of it on Wednesday when the, the news first rolled out. But, you know, at least they were able to make it. Actually, it was Tuesday when it was first rolled out. But on Wednesday's show when I was talking about it. But at least, you know, later on Wednesday they were able to redeem themselves. And at least if they're going to move on from them, at least trade them, right? And so that's what they were able to do is actually get a third-round pick, which is really, really good. If you're going to move on from them and he wanted to be – 
you know, release, fine. You got something for him. He didn't go back to Kansas City. He's in Arizona. So be it. But, uh, yeah, man, it just it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And still, you know, you kind of wonder, like, man, what's going on when a guy like that who you've been given, like, the Commitment to Excellence Award to every single year wants out? I mean, that's still something that you kind of look at and say, hey, wait a minute, something ain't right. You know, regardless if they were able to get something for him or not, he still wanted out of there. So I just it's still a little suspect, but at least they were kind of able to salvage it a little bit. But thank you so much for that call. Appreciate it and just love the rawness of, of that call. Thank you, Big Mike. Appreciate you. Uh, next up is a text from Jimmy S. in Houston. Houston, Q, I'm with everyone on the disappointment in losing Rodney Hudson, but I'm going to look at it slightly different. If he wasn't all in, you have to let him go. Otherwise, you get locker room problems, and you also damage your relationship with potential free agents. He didn't want to be here, so the Raiders did not force him to stay. Same with Khalil Mack. It would be tough to replace him, but if he wanted out, don't let the door hit you on the way out the door. That's from Jimmy S. in Houston. And, yeah, I mean... That makes sense. I get that. And that's usually what a lot of fans say. Hey, he didn't want to play with the team anyway, so peace out. Yeah, I mean, that sounds good and all. But the question is, the bigger concern, Jimmy, is not the fact that, you know, the Raiders let him go and, and granted his wishes. The, the, the bigger concern is what I was telling Big Mike. Why? Why did he want out so bad? You know what I mean? And we don't, we're not privy to that. No one's going to give us a, a straight-up answer. Uh, Rodney Hudson, if you ran across him, he might not even give you a real answer. But that's the biggest question for me. You know, when you start seeing a lot of guys that were on the team and no longer on the team and they start to, you know, badmouth the, the squad and say, oh, man, I bet you this guy's glad to be out of there and, you know, and all this other stuff, it's just – it just seems a little, you know, funny style to say it the least. So it's really more like why he wanted out of there than he did want out of there. But uh, you make you make sense. You know, you also don't want to mess up with everyone else in the, on the squad. You got to let him go. But again, remember, he was really tight with uh, with Derek Carr. So I'm sure Derek Carr, the starting quarterback, by the way, is feeling some kind of way about him being gone. But either way, they'll move on with Andre James. And who knows? Maybe he won't even be the starter. Maybe it'll be somebody else. Uh, you know, you just never really know. But either way you look at it, man. Uh, they at least got something out of it, so uh, that, that's a positive. Uh, just got a couple more for you. Got a call from Raider Conman in Lubbock, Texas. He's calling to talk about the Rodney Hudson situation and what he feels about it. Here he is, Raider Conman in Lubbock, Texas. What up, Q? Raider Conman here from Lubbock, Texas. It's been a minute since I called in, but uh, I've always been listening in each and every day. So um, I just wanted to to let you know what I think about the Rodney Hudson stuff. I think it was a classic case of fans, media, blah, 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 whatever, jumping in and just coming to, I mean, conclusion too early. As we know now, we get a third-round pick. I think we sent Hudson in the seventh for a third-round pick. If that were to be the case, yesterday when it first got reported that we are getting the third-round pick, I think it would help, you know, ease the pain of losing such a great player and really a cornerstone to the Raiders for the past many years. So, uh, yeah, I think it was just one of those where there was more to it. And obviously we didn't get the official release from the team yesterday. So the end with Gabe Jackson, and I think they're trying to trade him as well. So, uh, nothing was made official. So that's what I think, uh, it's easy to get pissed and mad when it first gets reported, but you know what? There's a lot of agents trying to say stuff um, that's not yet official. They're just trying to, you know, blow some smoke, start a fire. But, you know, where there is smoke, there always is a fire 90% of the time. And there was a fire, but guess what? We got a third-round pick in return. So I think that we don't have to say 
um, all these bad things like Mayock and Gruden, what are they doing? They're so dumb because of Hudson, you know. But really, it's kind of smart because we pay the offensive line so much money, and, you know, we made it work. We did a pretty dang good job with mixing in everyone, basically. So why not keep the same way but, you know, spread the money around? And uh, we got Richie, we got Denzel Good, which was huge. But um, I, I, I'm still – I mean, I think the Raiders are still on the rise. They're they're right on the cups. And I think just these moves are not the end of the franchise. And, like, oh, God, what do we do? You know, it's ridiculous. But, uh, you know, it's always Raider Nation, silver and black. Raider comment out. Raider comment, thank you for the call, my man. And, yeah, you're right. There is definitely more to the whole situation as far as Rodney Hudson's concerned. Uh, my biggest thing is that they were able to at least trade him and not release him. You know, they were just able to get something for him. Uh, and then the other thing about it was it wasn't like it was going to be a salary cap saving. So that's what made it uh, really confusing, you know. But, again, to be able to uh, move on from him, get a third-round pick, and then also pick up a fifth-round pick for Gabe Jackson, it turned into a positive that looked like a super, super negative. So uh, thank you so much for that call, man. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, final text for the show. Text from Big Drew. Can you give some insight on James? If I remember correctly, there was a fumble snap when he came in for Hudson. I could be wrong. Anyway, Raider Nation seems to be a little high on him, and I'm trying to figure out what I missed. And also, do you believe he's going to be our starter day one? That's from Big Drew. And uh, talking about Andre James, the center. And yeah, he did have a, a fumble snap, I believe, the first play that he came in for Rodney Hudson. But he settled down, and he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad at all. And obviously, the Raiders are seeing something from him in practice. They're getting a lot cheaper and feel like he's going to be uh, that guy. You know, and uh, I mean, now, Rodney Hudson is some big shoes to fill and so he's probably not going to be him immediately but most likely yes he'll be the starter and most likely he'll do a really solid job again uh, he came in filled in for uh, Hudson and yeah he snapped he fumbled that snap immediately and it was like oh no this is what you're going to get but it ended up turning into something that was uh, positive so yeah not a uh, not too bad at all. So thank you so much for that text. Appreciate you. Uh, still got a text from Raider 64 Impala. Got a call from Raider Izzy, but we'll get to those on tomorrow's show. Plus, we'll have more news and notes of the day. I don't think it'll be as exciting and as fired up as it was on, on Wednesday. Man, the Raiders are real active on Wednesday. I'm sure it won't be like that, but you never know. You never know how it's all going to shake out. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for all the calls and texts and all the feedback. Appreciate you. Stay safe out there. Make sure you uh, wash your hands, wear your mask, social distance, and uh, most importantly, Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby.